beat the shit out of him until he was not a drunk anymore. So Aww. sometimes La Llorona is a great is a great person to encounter <laughs> if you need to be scared straight. I love that. <laughs> Just you know, whatever the agenda is, whatever whatever the story needs. Hello and welcome back to Fairy Tale Fix. Whatever nonsense you got up to uh, on Halloween and the weeks following, I'm Kelsey. That is I, thought, Kelsey. I thought we were ready for this. No, we weren't ready for this. Anytime and you and I we always get a have group a different down, idea. <laughs> you got to change up the introduction. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners are just like, "Can you guys get your shit together and just no. learn how to introduce the show?" <laughs> I bet they love it. It's silly, wacky fun. Well, that's Abby, the one constantly changing things. And we have a very special, very, very special guest today. We're so excited to introduce Angel. <gasps> Woo! It's me. Woo! Oh, my gosh. So stoked. And I'm totally starstruck. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> oh, Hold, I need a moment to compose myself. Okay. I'm good. So excited. Hello. Yes, I'm Angel. Hello. Angel, do you want to tell us a little bit about what uh what you do out there in internet land oh absolutely yes i am on a few podcasts so i'm with the fantastic worlds production so we've got a couple of uh really neat podcasts out there what's nice is that we kind of cater to all folks so we've got a fantasy and science fiction focused podcast. So we have our series Far Beyond the Stars. Never which, heard of it. You never heard of that? No. Nope. Well, Abby, let me tell you about that's Far Beyond the Stars. That's a, what an obscure <laughs> podcast that no one listens to. <laughs> uh, it's a tabletop role playing, so TTRPG podcast based on the Starfinder kind of start finder rule set. So a lot of shenanigans in space, which is always fun. So I play Miss Fanny, the octogenarian ace pilot, which is always fun. Uh, I'm also part of the Fantastic Worlds podcast, which is um, based on Pathfinder First Edition, where I play a druid, and there's a lot of wintry shenanigans. The common theme is a lot of shenanigans. That's going to be the common theme. Amongst most of our podcast. <laughs> um, and then the greatest show on earth is a Pathfinder second edition where we play folks that are part of a circus and it's, it's shenanigans on the high wire. <laughs> We're a very shenanigany, shenanigany group. But it's always like Angel is such a delight to play with. Like he's always got the most creative characters. Like I feel like your characters always come from such a whimsical place. And you've always got a million pages of backstory and it's all really well thought out. And I actually, I love how like consistent you keep all of your characters, like the internal logic to how each of them operate. Um, like Angel's, Angel's werewolf character is from the Fantastic Worlds podcast, which is the Baba Yaga inspired one. And you have such a consistent like sense of like 
when he switches forms and why he switches forms and like uh, his own very like interesting sense of self about it. So I just, Angel's the best is what I'm trying oh, to say. Thanks. It comes from being a whimsical person. I think it just kind of makes it easier when you're whimsical naturally. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we're going to ask you uh, a couple of the standard questions that we give our fairy tale fix guests. Okay. Starting with, what's your favorite childhood fairy tale? I had to think about this one because, um, so... I'm, uh, I was a latchkey kid. So, you know, parents all, you know, they both worked, you know, 50 million jobs. So, um, I, I didn't have a, I had a hard time with the memory of like, okay, what really sticks? But when I was really thinking about it, there was just one was like, oh my gosh, this is my absolute favorite. I would listen to it, read it constantly as much as I get my hands on it. It's called Bringing the Rain to Kapiti Plain, a non-detail. Um, it is uh, about, it's a cumulative rhyme, how uh, Kipat brought rain to a drown-stricken Kapiti Plain. Ooh. And it's so neat. The artwork, I'll share the, I'll share the, the link and the artwork, but the artwork is so neat. It's written by Verna Aradema. She's a prolific American children author. And it's just, it was my favorite. It had, you know, um, talking animals, a quest, uh, bringing forth obviously the rain as the main quest line. And I just thought it was really neat that the main character, uh, you know, young kid going out and taking care of business. This is my I've, parents' work ethic instilling in me when I was really little. <laughs> this kid is getting stuff done. There's a drought. We'll all go use this magical arrow to pierce the heavens. Now we've got rain. You're welcome. I love it. I have never heard of that fairy tale. So we will have to uh, read that one soon. I don't think that's the tale you're telling today, is it? It is not. No, I didn't think so. Oh, well, we'll have to read it. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. No, like, no surprise that that I think that definitely came that that story definitely comes from sort of outside of the the canon of what I was read as a child. So I'm I don't know, we're gonna have to have you back so you can tell us that one. Oh, okay, cool. Too. Although, I don't know, this quote, this next question might spoil might spoil it for us. Mm. <laughs> Do you have a fix for it? Is your oh. fix resisting the work hard uh, programming? <laughs> I guess that might be it. Is maybe that fix it? Okay, it, I respect the kid for taking care of business on their own, but the entire village is suffering from the drought as well. My fix is, you know what? How about the community actually gets together and take care of the problem as a whole? That would be mm -hmm. my fix instead of letting this poor child just take care of the whole quest line by themselves. Mm -hmm. That would be very <sighs> like relevant today kind of moral to the story. Absolutely. I love that. I love that as a fix for it. Like, why are we making the children fix everything <laughs> on their own? Do it. <laughs> now it's your problem good luck <laughs> oh, we got no. a drought mm -hmm. yeah that sounds a little too real honestly <laughs> i was about to say what a horrible metaphor for how we're handling things in our current political climate mm -hmm. it's like that sounds like the next generation's problem <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> oh gosh. So, um, Angel, I know that you are a, Angel's actually a longtime listener and patron of Fairy Tale Fix. Uh, what inspired your love? I know you're you're a big Fairy Tale fan, mm-hmm. and you also have my heart because you're a big Tenth Kingdom fan, and I love oh, that about you. Watch it once a year. <laughs> oh, we need to have a big watch party sometime. I would yes. love to do that. Yes. Uh, but yeah, what inspired your love for fairy tales? I think it goes back to, again, being a latchkey kid. It's yeah. was, I remember getting my hands on anything I could really read mm-hmm. uh, growing up. And, you know, when, <laughs> you know, there's nobody at the house. And I, I remember sometimes we'd have the neighbor, um, would would watch would watch me when we were living in um the patio here in Sacramento. Well, there the channel was like all in like Laotian. So I was like, I'm like, I don't know what's on the TV. So it was discovering things and then I guess finding what I liked. And maybe that, you know, a, a callback to being whimsical. I think that's where it also stemmed from. Maybe it was a chicken or the egg thing. Am I whimsical because of the stories I grew up with or mm-hmm. because I was whimsical? That's what I gravitated to. So anything I could kind of pick my uh, pick up. And I loved being immersed in kind of these fantastical worlds. You know, there was usually some sort of, you know, a moral to the story, or just sometimes it was just something, you know, silly. And, you know, uh, it's funny now looking back, glossing over like the darker aspects where now, you know, with the lenses of an adult going, dang, that's jacked. Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) I was going to say being a latchkey kid makes perfect sense that you would gravitate toward fairy tales because fairy tale kids have it real hard. Mm -hmm. So definitely finding something that you could relate to in a story. 100%. And they also have to have adventures by themselves mm-hmm. and they're, they're smart and brave and they're able to overcome all of the problems that face them by themselves. Like, yeah. Yep. And I remember as a child having just even mad respect for the folks that wrote them or put them out. These are their little, you know, their little worlds that they're creating and just putting out there to exist, you know, long, long past their own lifetime. But uh, yeah, I, I want to say that. And I've just been in love with them ever since. Um, and anything kind of fantasy related always, you know, when 10th Kingdom, when I first saw that as a miniseries, I was like, <laughs> get out of town, instantly yeah. hooked. But I want to, yeah, I want to contribute it to, you know, hey, my hardworking parents, that <laughs> you know, one job wasn't enough, uh, three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, poor things. Uh, they're, they're retired now and enjoying the retirement, which is very nice. Good. Good. I'm glad for them. <laughs> so they didn't quite leave you to the wolves, which is, <laughs> sounds like. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not like Hansel and Gretel parents, but. <laughs> nope. Nope. I mean, they were Not shocked. To, <laughs> they yeah, were shocked yeah. to learn I would push a chair against the stove so we could reach the countertop so I could cook eggs. Yikes. You know, but you know those stories came <laughs> later. They're like, oh, it was like, well, you, you were there. That? Nothing you could do. I'm like, well, the house didn't burn down, so yeah, mission accomplished. Taught no harm, no foul. That's <laughs> always good. Um, so, what made you want to start a Baba Yaga themed podcast? 
You know what? Baba Yaga is such an interesting character. And for me, she's the quintessential witch, the spooky, mm-hmm. you know, the spooky lady in all the stories, even if they're not Baba Yaga related. In my mind, even growing up, it was always Baba Yaga. It was like the same person, just in different, I, whether it's like multiverse, what have you. So mm-hmm. when there was a selection of, you know, which adventure path are we going to go with? And there was several, uh, and they all mm-hmm. had cool covers. But this one, I was like, oh, heck, I see little chicken legs over there on that little hut. And the first page starts with the... With that that story rhyme, Abby, you had met, you had read that like intro piece to the AP, and it was, oh, that's a Baba Yaga of my childhood. That's a Baba Yaga of my of my teens, and it's okay. There's a witch. She is the quintessential witch. There's no way I was not gonna vote for that one. <laughs> and playing in the in that world, the the people that put together the AP just did a, such a great job putting that theme together of, you know, wintry horror with these Mm -hmm. just creepy elements that scream, like, to me, like a witch adventure, you know, possessed dolls and, you know, spooky haunts. And it's just, yeah, that, that's, uh, that, that does it. And it's, it's, they did such a good job. Absolutely. Uh, I, I couldn't agree. I like, cause I, I remember we, we had a, we had, like you said, quite an array of different ones that we could have gone with uh, that all that uh, that kind of took us to some more, I think, potentially conventional places in a high fantasy drama. And I really liked that this one was so it was so like creepy winter death entropy, witches, ice monsters it will yeah there there's a there's like centaurs in like one of the places that you go but they're like it's just it's just all it's just all a little different it was just we we fought we fought like a six-legged polar bear oh which yeah was pretty cool it it's just i'm so glad we went i'm so glad we went with that adventure path like i think I think that was a superior choice. And you were a big driver of why we picked that one i think because i think the rest of us were getting a little distracted by the shinies from other other potential storylines and you were, were like really nice you're like gang baba yaga is where it's at <laughs> no regrets right. no regrets well speaking of uh creepy spooky things we're not quite done with spooky season yet and i know angel brought a pretty spooky uh spooky folktale for us didn't you i sure did oh i'm so stoked you've been telling us about this for a while now, and we are finally here for it. So, so go ahead and tell us what you are going to read. Okay, so I'm going to read The Legend of La Llorona, yes. also known as the Weeping Woman or sometimes the Wailing Woman. Oh, I love uh, it. Now, the <laughs> challenge on this one is there are literally tons of iterations of the tale. And um, these are usually passed via oral tradition. So having them Mm -hmm. captured is usually a matter of capturing somebody's stories. And it's not the standard, well, you know, this is the grim tale and it's a grim tale. There's no, hey, Mm -hmm. this is the Bella Cruz, Llorona tale. It just varies from from region to region. Um, And and the telling is- A little bit like Baba Yaga. 
Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So this one, um, you know, this one for the season just really resonates with me because it's it's a legend that's still alive to this day, you know, where um, folks are still, you know, seeing this apparition. It's not like, uh, you know, mermaids and centaurs mm-hmm. are like, okay, those are, you know, you, you read about them, you know, they're story creatures. But here there's, there's folks that to this day creating new stories based on this figure. And to me, that's just kind of like a living, uh, living fairy tale, living legend, living, living mythos. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did the story originate? So the story has its origins pr- around maybe four centuries back. And it gets a little wonky because it has similar elements to other cultures, but around about four centuries back. And it's around the uh, Central Central American, Mexican, even kind of tell us, uh, Southern American origins where where the tale is is known there. So as far as like the okay. specific origin, uh, hard to nail down. Uh, but definitely kind of like a Mesoamerican type uh, uh, origin, if if one was going to be given to it. Excellent. Gotcha. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited about this because like you hear like you hear La Llorona referenced in a bunch of places and there are like a bunch of movies have been made uh, with that title. But I've never I've never actually heard the full story and I don't really and I don't really know it. I've actually managed to stay pretty far away from like La Llorona uh, centered content. Would that like, do you, have you been able to kind of keep, keep your awareness clean, Kelsey? I literally have never heard of La Llorona. Like really? It was referenced and Angel wants to tell us this story. <laughs> like I've never <laughs> heard of her. It is completely, um, unless there might have been an episode of uh, Grimm, that referenced mm-hmm. it at one point um, that I watched, but that was honestly like before the pandemic. That was a long time ago, so I don't remember. Wasn't there like, a movie? Oh yeah, <sighs> I've got a couple of notes about the movie too that I. Ooh, so I've got stuff to watch cry. after. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I have some behind the scenes stuff that's actually pretty sweet regarding the movie. Ooh, yes. yeah, I know, I know, basically nothing. Um. So, Abby, why don't you give three predictions uh, first so okay. I can copy all your ideas? <laughs> I know I know one thing about it, and so I'm going to avoid making any predictions in that general direction so that I don't taint Kelsey Okay, with it. Um, but the rest of it, I'm pr- I have no idea. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I might. Do I know other? Do I know other stuff? Because Angel, didn't you tell me once that like, um, your mom used to try to frighten you with telling you that La Llorona was in the canal by your house or something? Oh yes. Yeah. So this is so uh, Kelsey. Don't take this the wrong way, but. I'm not surprised that you've never heard of the Llorona. <laughs> um, but amongst mi gente, it, it, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that doesn't have a story. And oh my Ooh. gosh, I totally went down a rabbit hole doing some additional research because I was like, okay, I could read it or I could have some background. Mm-hmm. Wow. There is tons of stories. I actually have uh, a book that I got where it's a collection of uh, the author went around where well, they were not really the author. They just compiled all these stories. And when I read them, 
I hear the voices of, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins, third cousins, twice removed, you know, extended family. Mm -hmm. When I read them, because usually every generation or every family group has a tale. And yes, um, mom (laughs) definitely used the Yorona as kind of your traditional, you know, boogeyman, don't do this, (laughs) or, you know, this is going to happen. I love that so much. I'm honestly glad I didn't like, I'm kind of glad my my parents or my family didn't have stories like that when I was a kid because I probably would have taken it way too seriously. (laughs) Like basically anything anyone told me as a child, I believed immediately and just ran (laughs) with it to like the point of obsession. Oh, so it's a good thing your parents weren't actually trying to frighten you with with (laughs) monsters. (laughs) Like I remember every single kind of creepy thing that my parents tried to scare me with and (laughs) woof. Um, Do you want me to make predictions first, Abby, since you think you know a little bit more? No, I still want to go first. Okay. And then this might help. This might either help or throw you off track. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hear it. La Llorona was murdered. <gasps> murdered. I love it. Prediction one. Prediction two. This is so hard. Because <laughs> I'm, <trying> <laughs> I'm trying to decide like what did I what did I make up without hearing the story and what did I actually hear somewhere? Um <laughs> it's always fun, Angel. This is always the hardest part of our podcast is coming up with predictions. I swear Dustin cuts out like at least four minutes of us going, um, <laughs> oh, no. thank you, Dustin. <laughs> now that's part of the Yorona lore is, you know, what have you heard? What did you think you made up? So that you might want to burn <gasps> one of your Ooh. predictions just based oh. on that because it's very in theme with uh, how the how the lore it continues to propagate. Oh my okay, God. something I think I made up is that she died very young. So I think she was murdered, and I think she was murdered when she was still when she was still quite young. And by and by young, I guess I'm going to quantify that as like under twenty five. And I think she died by drowning. Drowning. All your predictions are based on her dying. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she dies. <laughs> it's just kind of like how, how, why, and when, I guess, is sort of my... Who done it? Who done it? I, Was I, I there wanna, a candlestick I, involved? Exactly, exactly. It's the clue, the clue <gasps> of La Llorona is sort oh, of God. That would be a great addition. You know, they have like the Disney Monopoly, you know, Avengers, Yahtzee. La Llorona clue. Hmm. 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 I'm actually really excited to hear about Lara Yorona and then like watch the things that you tell me she's in so I can enjoy it. I love I love watching movies while knowing the folklore about a creature. It's spectacular. Because makes it way better. I I Mm -hmm. like guessing the end of movies. Like that's part of what I love about horror is like figuring out what's gonna happen or guessing at it too. I don't know. (laughs) Not always. (laughs) <laughs> but it's fun. Um, okay, so my predictions have nothing to do with about how she died. It is how she is uh, ruining people's lives. <laughs> how she's entering their nightmares. So my prediction, one, she eats children because 
I mean, how else are you, like, what else is she going to do that your parents are scaring you with? She's got to, she's got to be eating children. As one does. Like one does. <laughs> like most good witches. Wailing, <laughs> weeping women. That's what I want to do in my afterlife. Uh, <laughs> is try to eat children? Yes. Eating children. <laughs> are we, we talked about this before we started recording. Dang. I'm not a kid person. <laughs> Okay, Kelsey, after her death, takes on the mantle of La Llorona. Okay. Oh, excellent. Goals, squad goals. We'll, we'll see if that's my dream job. Um, uh, <laughs> prediction two, I think she's a shapeshifter. I think uh, I don't think she has one form. And three, based on what you said, I think she controls memories. Ooh. Uh, that is my third prediction. Oh, Gosh, your predictions are so much more fun than mine. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'm so excited. <clears throat> All right. So because this is oral tradition, I've selected, it's a shorter one. So this story is documented. Uh, so the, the teller is uh, Maria Perez. They're the mother of the author Domino Perez, who wrote there once, uh, there was a woman, La Llorona from folklore to popular culture, Really great book. I barely scratched the surface on this one. Um, mm. Good stuff there. So, so this is the story Maria tells her children. Fue una mujer who married a man con tres niños chiquillos. There was a woman who married a man with three kids. Now, this man loved his children very much. Pero esta vieja fue muy celosa. She was very jealous. Ooh. She was jealous of the kids because he showered them with love every day. She told him how she felt, but nothing changed. One day, she had enough and told him, Oye, hombre, un día vas a perder lo que quieres más en este mundo. So basically, one day you're going to lose that which you care about the most. Oh my god, this is already so much more fucked up than I thought it was. <laughs> well, also, what? me as a mom. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to regret this. You Why do you love pay. our kids more than me? <laughs> Kelsey, your resume is looking pretty good so far. <laughs> well, one day, he was working late, or qual cosa, something. But he was late getting home. So she took those kids down to the rio... Or the river, and drowned them. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> thinking with them out of the way, she would be able to get more of his attention. Después, later, cuando el señor regresó, when the man returned a la casa, he found those kids gone and knew immediately what had happened. Oh my god! And Roca had killed them. <laughs> he was heartbroken. Aww. Pues he left her. And she died of loneliness. She drowned the kids? I knew someone drowned. I thought I was her. <laughs> nope. Close. She you drowned in the, ballpark. the kids? Okay. Yep. Not, not quite me as a mom. Wow. That's hard. Wow. He comes home and he instantly knows like that. Like the fine hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. Like 
I'm smiling and laughing, but it's very nervous uh, giggling. So, and just picture kids hear this very little growing up. (laughs) I know. We don't get the mother goose. We don't get the mother goose. We get this or some variant of it. And being scared of your mother is like, that's horrifying as fuck. That's like, and there's more. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Y cuando ella murió, so when she died, y fue al cielo, so she went to heaven, God told her, you cannot enter the kingdom until you find the lost souls of the children. Because she didn't know where they were, she wanders the earth to this day looking for them. Oh, oh my God, a- so she's just <laughs> looking for, like, kids. Oh, so what does she do with them? I feel like that's not how it can end. Like <laughs> now, oh, so that's the end of that specific telling. Yeah, but yeah, there yeah. is so many variants. So some of them are, um, some of them change depending on the region and the time. So during the early colonial times, she was a native woman, and the man was a rich Spaniard, and uh, she bore his children. But because they were different classes, he he's like, oh, I'm not going to marry you. Sorry. Oh, and fuck. because of that uh, anguish, she it always the there's always in infanticide, infant side. What did I just say? That infanticide. Yeah, anyway, infanticide. she kills the babies all the time, and mm-hmm. this is a very common theme in those stories. Um, and so she drowns them, and what she does afterward is. She goes looking for her kids. So she's known to, you know, be good or the Yorona will take you because she's looking for her kids. So either you look like them or you remind her of them. So she snatches you. And maybe you're just gone forever into the ether. Maybe you're found drowned. But she kidnaps kids as uh, a big part of the mythos. So folks... Stay away from her. I know mission accomplished when uh, I grew up on a ranch and there was this canal nearby. And the bridge across it was, you know, it wasn't very wide. It was enough for a big rig to pass through and maybe a little bit of clearance on either side. But as little kids, like, oh, that's a lot of running water. You can make boats. Well, because it was a water, there was always that on the back of the head. like, Oh, I don't know if I want to play by myself near the water because whatever the Yorona is going to get me and drag me into its depths. So mission accomplished for mom retelling the tale is um, hers always ended with, you know, being the kidnapped uh, um, or or drowned. (laughs) But that's what results of these encounters with uh, Yorona. But again, it's it's interesting that it just sometimes... um, the kids are hers. Sometimes it's from the husbands. Um, sometimes it's the, she finds him cheating. So in a jealous rage, she drowns the kids. Um, and then sometimes also like kills herself. Um, but it is, they vary. The stories vary, which, which wow. makes it very interesting when you're, you're reading the tales. It sounds like a great way to get kids not to accidentally drown by going near the lake, like stay away from the lake in these small bodies of water because mm-hmm. you're on that. But um, mm-hmm. don't go too close to the well. I, I also just fucking love that we didn't record this part of our conversation, but we were all talking about our relationship <laughs> with children right before this. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I think her eating children is less horrible than her just drowning kids because <laughs> she's jealous. They're both awful, but I don't know. Eating kids is like 
funnier to me somehow. Well, it's funnier and it's also more like no, because I kind of get that. Because it's it's almost more primal. It's more like your it's more hunger related. Like, oh, that's just what witches eat. That's drowning drowning children is just seems colder. And like horrible. It seems weirdly less loving. There, there's a variant in which the husband's abusive. Uh, uh-huh. Again, there's always like a spin. Again, who's telling it? The, uh, the husband's abusive, so um, mm-hmm. she makes up her mind to protect her kids. So she leaves them under a bridge near. It's always usually water related, you know, mm-hmm. under a bridge near the water uh, river. Goes back to like collect items that they need to, you know, survive. Why they didn't leave with them. And, to begin with, whatever. Um, anywho, but she gets held up for some reason or other. So by the time she gets back, the kids are already frozen under the bridge. Oh, but it's always things. the same where she laments. So the thing that makes her so known is the wailing, you know, the Yorona. She's the the weeping woman. So she, you always mm-hmm. hear or uh, the, oh, mis hijos, you know, my kids. <sighs> And that's like the spooky part when you're growing <laughs> up because this is like, is that in the wind? Um, who knows? You hear a weird noise. Sometimes in some tales, she is a shapeshifter. Um, oh. Where she can turn into uh, an owl. And I know. Um, oh, yeah. Because of the, like the, the hooing. Oh yeah, and and if you if you hear or see the owl, that means it's it's kind of like the banshee cry where you're gonna die pretty soon. So it's like an omen of death. Um, oh my gosh! Which owls had always freaked me out as a little kid because of that. My mom would be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, there's an owl. That's the spirit of some <laughs> dead witch, or Jeez. you know, the yorona." And I'm like, "What? No, that's an owl. You know, National Geographic, <laughs> the owl. That's a barn owl, lady." Um, <laughs> I but love so, that, you know, that was your reaction. But it wasn't dark, so they'd come out. So where we lived in the ranch, it was the main house and where the uh, equipment was a good ways off. So when it was time to call my dad for dinner, um, my mom would sometimes send me to go get him. It's like, oh, go get your pa. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. there's a phone in his office. Why don't we just use that? Um, <laughs> so um, the walk there was just so brutal because between the house and the next kind of like where it's shelter from the wind is was this like little gravel road. And it's just like, it's super exposed. At least with one side, you have like a building on one side. And mm-hmm. boy, I you know, I would run or I'd have like the dog with me and I'd get him by the collars like, okay, Penny, you're coming with me. Let's go. And it was just like getting there really quick, banging on the doors like, papa, uh, uh, yeah, you know, dinner's ready. And then just like run back. Like, nope. And heavens forbid you see an owl because then it's like, oh, crap. I saw an owl. I I'm saw toast. an owl. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It was, yeah, game over. Uh, so, but I do love the idea of a little angel or probably like pre-teen angel being like, it's just an owl, mom. Like, <laughs> like you know, when you start getting over the ghost stories and you're like. <laughs> but it still does sort of like low-key creep you out. Yeah. One time we were driving somewhere. It was dark and we were driving somewhere. I don't, it was like night, night, night. So there's no lights, just the car headlights. And there was an owl like on the side, and my mom's like, "Oh no, there's an owl!" I was like, "Oh my god, mom!" She's like, "Okay, well, I'll do a little Lord's prayer." And the owl like flies away the minute she starts like praying. I'm like, 
huh, that's kind of creepy. I'm sure it was just going to fly off anyway. Yep, that's that's what happened. Pure coincidence. Yep. Finally, someone who doesn't romanticize owls. I mean, don't get me wrong. Owls are fine, but they're also basically evil. They're like the meanest wildlife creatures ever. I love the idea of owls being um, like a bad omen. They were a bad omen in the last story that we read on our Halloween episode as well. That's like the true. evil sorcerer turns into an owl. Spoilers, yeah. Angel. You know what? Um, the first the first story in this collected tales, the very first one's called The Owl at the Cemetery. So when it picked up the book, so the listeners can't see, but I'll post it. But here's the here's Ooh, yes, a collected work, a The Weeping Woman. The very oh first, God. so I open it. I'm like, oh, I'm super excited. The Owl at the Cemetery. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. That's I'll just skip that one for now and let's see what else is in there. But I was like, holy crap, the first one right out of the bag. Um, but again, it. when I'm reading these, I hear the voice of, you know, either my mom or mm-hmm. relatives, and they all have that very similar familial vibe. I just, again, grew up with, you know, the, the yeah. tales. Um, and when I was doing some of the re- research, again, it's just like a four centuries back, and it corresponds or it has variants with, uh, what is it, uh, Media, the Greek in the Greek where Jason like left her mm-hmm. and she like killed her kids. Um, like the white woman in Slavic tales, uh, Lorelei. Um, it's interesting that, uh, it really picks up around the, um, time of the conquest of the Aztecs. Um, mm-hmm. Cortez. So this, the Cortez had an interpreter, La, Mel- La Malinche. She was a native, um, uh, Nawa, um, a tribes person whose father passed away. And how fairy tale is this gangsta? After the dad, the chief dies. So maybe she's a princess. The mom sells her into slavery. So Yikes. true story. Yikes. And, um, Cortez, like basically like buys her, gives her to one of the lieutenants. It's like, oh, here's, you know, here's your woman. Um, that guy leaves, uh, back to Spain. So Cortez takes her on as a mistress. And she's translate. So she facilitated um, his conquest of the Aztecs. So she used, uh, so she was her interpreter. She strategized for him. She would get the inside info, you know, speaking the language. And he was able to circumvent, you know, um, traps, you know, and it kind of furthered Yikes his on mystique. bikes to this entire story. <laughs> right. But but to to credit an angel's credit, that is fairy tale as fuck. When someone Absolutely. uses fairy tale as an adjective, that is what I am imagining, <laughs> not a nice like fucking wedding or happy ending. That is fairy tale as fuck. That's fairy tale yep. as fuck. Sorry, Angel, I cut you off. Oh, no, added, but that's added to his mystique. <laughs> because they already thought, you know, he was, he had divine, he was either divine or had some divine guidance. It's, he had some insight and track. Um, so and you could play that, that up because she was and like a cultural translator. Yeah. And so she facilitated that. So she became known. It, she ha- it was this kind of dichotomy where um, the Aztecs weren't super popular with a lot of the tribes in the area. So she was seen mm-hmm. as this awesome person. You know, she was basically a slave with power. Um, and, you know, she was afforded speech when, um, you know, most of the time the women weren't allowed to speak. And uh, also as she seemed kind of like as the mother of the uh, mestiza, she originally, you know, had 
Cortez's son. So the first, you know, Spaniard indigenous, um, you know, mestizos. Mm -hmm. So there's this, this aspect of you're the mother, you know, now, or you're, you're this, you know, badass woman, but enter the Catholics. Uh, Always. Um, um, <laughs> so I guess there was this friar, um, let me see, Franciscan friar Bernardino Sagun, who wrote the, the Florentine Codex, which was like a really detailed manuscript of the Mesoamerican cultures, religious beliefs, because it helped with the conversion. So, and it's, uh, it's declared as like, it's like a really, uh, it has a bunch of illustrations, but it's uh, the most remarkable accounts of non-Western culture ever composed. So um, in the Florentine uh, Codex, he's, he's documenting everything. And what's interesting is 10 years, even before Cortez arrived, there was these omens that would herald the fall of, you know, the empire. And one of them was the sixth omen was that a woman was heard weeping and shouting. She cried out loudly at the night saying, oh, my children were are we about to go? Um, or old children, where shall I take you? And the Malinche and kind of let the Llorona kind of like merged as the stories foretold. And there's aspects where the Malinche, you know, killed her child, uh, her child because it was Cortez's and Cortez left and left her after um, the conquest was, was over. And the stories kind of took off from there. So around kind of the, 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 um, kind of this expansion or kind of the Catholic influences is where you see, you know, this hero woman, this, you know, badass woman. She's an interpreter, great with languages, a strategist. <laughs> she was basically a slave to, uh, kind of like a Eve figure where it's like, how mm -hmm. dare you betray your people and help these invaders and, um, and, you know, some poor, uh, portions of Mexico, it's like, that's a, you know, you're a Malinche, you, you're a, a traitor, a betrayer. Ooh. And it's interesting that, that the it shifts, it shifts that perspective to you are a villain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that is so fascinating. Bad PR. <laughs> right? <laughs> Com <laughs> completely, yeah. completely turns people in a different direction on you. But <laughs> I, I do, I do love, uh, learning about how like different fairy tales come together or different stories or different historical figures get merged with the local, with the local folk legend mm -hmm. about a, about a place. Like, I feel like you, you get that a lot with uh, like just, you know, speaking of Catholicism of uh, Catholic saints where this, this happens all the time where like a local, a local folk legend gets merged with like an actual person mm -hmm. who was there and they become sort of larger than life. But I I had totally forgotten about the La Llorona component until you brought it back <laughs> until you yeah. brought it back around. I'm she like, ooh, full circle. Yeah, she became um she kind of became or the the legend kind of merged with her and she kind of became um for some people, you know, she's the Llorona, that that, mm -hmm. that Malinche. Um um but it was pretty interesting. And I know we were talking about the like the movie. So this one we definitely have to watch. So this was uh they did the Curse of the Yorona, which I watched leading up to this because I was like, I'm gonna do my homework. Let me watch it. Axel, uh, my husband, loves horror. He watches it all the time. October is definitely his jam, and it's like nonstop, you know, horror movie. I do like the Love Hocus it. Pocus and like some of those <laughs> other ones, like 
um, <laughs> Silver Bullet, but he goes on like the full on The Conjuring. And I guess this takes mm-hmm. place in The Conjuring world. The stories are interconnected. So I watch it and I'm like, oh, hey, that's that lady that was in Scooby-Doo. So it it stars, what's her name? Um, Linda Cardellini. Oh, her. I love her. Uh, Raymond Cruz, um, mm-hmm. who is from, I guess, The Closer, and Patricia Velasquez, who I know the best as Aksuna Moon from the Mummy, Mummy movies. <gasps> oh, yeah. So oh, my gosh. So she plays the mom. So I was researching this, and the, the Curse of the Llorona came up. I was like, oh, yeah, I watched that recently. They talk about behind the scenes where um, – uh, Raymond Cruz basically did his research and brought like this protection bracelet with him. And in one of the scenes, it breaks and it like the bead is like in half perfectly. Um, and then they tried to recreate it by, you know, breaking the beads and it wouldn't happen. Um, one of the actresses, Patricia Velquez, I guess as an actor, they write down on a piece of paper to say, Dear inner self, if it is your will, please allow me to see in a dream tonight the struggle of the character. Um, so they can get close. They had like uh, n- horrible like dream. Um, I guess scream the names of her daughter, and mm-hmm. it, it was just like spooky for her. And then the oh, Linda Cardellini, no. who's like, oh well, you know, I don't believe in a lot of this stuff, but she had a lot of spooky stuff happening in the hotel where like the door would slide open or she'd hear noises. And I was reading through, it's like, man, that's it's so interesting that. At least, you know, for the um, Raymond Cruz, he came in prepared. You know, he came in with his mm-hmm. protection charms. But that the, he was the ready cast, for it. The cast now has their own, you know, Yorona story now from, you know, just filming, filming the movie. The movie's cursed as fuck. I'm going to watch that tonight, probably. <laughs> was it a fun watch, Angel? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's dark, obviously. It's, it's oh, fairy yeah. tale as fuck. <laughs> but uh, no, it is a good watch. It, I'm not... I'm okay with horror. I, I get in trouble with Axel because I crack up more of like, oh, this is kind of more like comedies. Like, no, I was like, this is hilarious. Please come on. Um, yeah, I feel like that's what I do. As it's good. Like- <laughs> it's or I'll, like you, I'll predict it. It was like, you know yeah. what'll write itself? Of uh, these four events happen. Yeah, that's that figures is kind of the movie uh, movie dynamic. Then it happens like yeah, you're analyzing the movie. It was like. No, you know, movie people don't like new things. Everything is basically the same thing recycled over. So everything has a formula. I was like, I can't help if I pick up on it. But mm-hmm. he hates that I do that. Um, but yes, <laughs> I, I recommend The Curse of the Llorona. It is um, a good film to watch. I, it's, I definitely want my sisters to watch it. I don't think they've watched it. I want to watch it with my mom. I don't think she, she does not like scary movies. Oh, um, no. But I well, definitely that you like, should have inflicted tales of horror upon yeah, you was as a child. Say, ah, this is her punishment. One hundred percent. Oh goodness! But what I tell you, I went down the rabbit hole. I just there was just so much stuff, so much stuff to read on. Um, so I'll, oh I'll provide you links to all of this stuff. Yeah, um, I want to link to that book because uh, it sounds like that book's got a bunch of other like amazing stories in it. Oh, yeah. There's one where um, it's like a, they're like in a wagon and they see this horse come by and they just get the, with the woman on it, they get the heebie jeebies. So they all huddle inside of their, you know, I'm, I'm picturing Oregon Trail wagons. And the, <laughs> the woman gets off the horse and circles the wagon 
And they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's probably the Llorona. So they leave. So there's footprints for the woman, but no horse footprints. And it's like one of the stories, like, documented from somebody from, like, from Texas. And I'm like, dang. But a lot of variations. So sorry if I absorbed a lot of the episode time, but um, good stuff. No, no. This was never at all. Yeah, never apologize. That was amazing. And I like do want to such ask, good history. Sorry, go on, Kelsey. Oh, I did want to ask just uh, points wise, since there are so many uh, tales or versions. Uh, how did Abby rate with was murdered, died very young, and she drowned? Uh, there are versions of all three exists so again one of them um some variations are cautionary mm-hmm. tale of abusive you know abusive spouses where yeah um the husband does kill her um uh, and more of the kind of popular one again where it's uh, a young native woman where it's you know the mm-hmm. rich spaniard um um you know dallies with her but you know can't stay with her because of the class stations or loses interest in her um mm-hmm also exist so that's the interesting when you folks were 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 doing your your predictions like oh the specific tale from again the just one person you know yeah. wasn't gonna have all those elements but as you were saying i'm like yeah that yeah i'm like that variant exists yeah that variant exists yes that variant exists sometimes uh she's a ball of fire by the way and then yeah kelsey Ooh. sometimes she's a shapeshifter um yeah, so I think Abby got three points. I think I got one because I don't think she eats the children. There, and- I haven't seen a variant that eats the children. Mm-hmm. Um, other what about than- controls memories? <laughs> um, I think I just got maybe one point. Scars your scars your memories. Uh, yeah, it fucks with your memories. <laughs> You're never the same. <laughs> <laughs> Well, damn it. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I mean, you know, we don't have to give me points for every variant. We can just give me the points from one uh <laughs> from the one that Angel <laughs> that Angel read. But uh <sighs> you know, when you kind of go back over it, it, it does like it it's even more it's even more interesting to me to know to know that her story was merged with uh the Malinche. Because you could, because you just, you can just hear that in every, in every variation that you just mentioned of like, oh yeah, I can see that. Um, of how, of how those two stories would have sounded similar. I'm so glad that I know that now. Thank you, Angel, for the history lesson. Oh yeah, no, I, ooh, I had so many tabs open. I'm like, oh my gosh. And it was just the next click <laughs> and the next click. And then some of them for me, I wasn't familiar. So like the, the Weiss Frau, Frauen, I, I can't, it, I don't know, whatever. It's a Germanic folk. That one, I'm like, I don't know what that one is. I was like, oh, what? Okay. They're part of the elves that lived in Alfheim. Okay. It's a white woman. They're like cursed. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, like, ripoff artist but i wasn't familiar with that one <laughs> same thing about the laura lives like i'm like i don't know about that one and i know jason and the argonauts but i wasn't familiar with that other aspect so as i was i was reading through there are tales that intersect um oh where's one where it's an african tale um uh yeah folk a folk tale which originated um in Dahomey and Togoland in Africa and it was introduced to the United States by um 
um, African Americans were brought to the well, were brought to America as slaves. Um, but yeah, lots of there's a French one, French folklore, and it was just well, so interesting going outside of like what I'm used to and seeing that common element. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it makes sense that there's so many different forms of these stories from all over the world because I think I think the fear that your mother will decide you're not worth it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. anymore and kill you is such a deep it's such a primal like deeply human fear i think yeah and you know probably a human truth i feel like that's not totally i mean infanticide it's is, not unheard of yeah it's kind of a cultural norm it's 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 like when you hear you know um just it's it's taboo in general across cultures yeah so yeah, definitely taboo, but not like, but not as rare as people think. Like people love to talk, mm-hmm. love to talk about like how like, oh, a mother's love is unlike anything else in the world. And, you know, every mother loves her children with the same amount of intensity and every mother loves her children with the same amount of like unconditional love. Uh, when no. that's, that's <laughs> not, that's not true. Um, no. That's certainly not true across the board to, to varying degrees, but mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know the 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 I lots and lots of fairy tales about the fear that your mother's love is in fact conditional upon mm-hmm. something else is deeply terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm conflicted on the fix because obviously a good way to fix the tales like okay, you don't kill your kids. There's a fix, but then you wouldn't again. have the creepiest story ever, <laughs> <laughs> right? And then you wouldn't have that. Um, you know, uh, definitely kept me away from the canal <laughs> growing up. So it was like, oh, it it's almost useful. like it's like the necessary evil. I don't know. Maybe the other fix is that the children um, are being pricks and they're hiding on purpose and keeping her from going into heaven by hiding, like. Oh, you can't find us, and they have their own ghost adventures and their own mythos. That would have been a nice. Uh, I think I, I would do a fix where they have their spinoff series, I suppose, about the you know kids of the Yorona um, mm-hmm. and their shenanigans, and them hiding, you know, hiding from the Yorona on purpose to punish her mm-hmm. and keep her away from from heaven. I think that would be my fix. That's excellent. I, I would love like a mini series on that. I mean, that would just, that would be amazing. I would like, yes, that would be incredible. <laughs> I want that so bad. Now I'm kind of imagining like what that, what that would be like. And I want that really badly. You know, I actually just recently watched The Haunting of Bly Manor. And it reminds me a little bit of that where she, it's the Lady of the Lake. I don't know if either of you have seen it. Oh, okay. It's excellent. I yeah, it's a one season horror drama. Oh my gosh. Um, if either of you watch it, you will probably ugly cry at the end because it, it's so it's it's really more of a drama than it is like a horror. There are mm-hmm. some like scary parts. But it's like this lady of the lake and um she's forgotten who she is because she's been dead for so long and just kind of walking the grounds at night. And she just basically will accidentally kill a child because she thinks it's hers. And she's like, yes, this is what I've been looking for. And she takes it into the lake with her and it drowns. <gasps> oh my God. It, they, they drown <laughs> anyone oh. really, not just kids, but like literally anyone that she comes across. Um, and it's so eerie. And I, I, 
so that's what I want. I want the person who directs and writes The Haunting of Bly Manor <laughs> and of Hill House. If you haven't watched that, oh my gosh. In both incredible series, the first one's much more of a horror. The second one is more of a drama, I'd say, but beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Okay. It's directed so, by the same person? Yes. Um, uh, hold on real fast. Okay. Okay. Add that to the October list. Make Axel happy. I'm like, look uh, what I found. It's supposed to be really after. It is. Oh my gosh. Mike, it's uh, created by Mike Flanagan and he hasn't done any The Haunting of since. Uh, so that's, that's your next one. Mike, okay. Mike, good old, Michael buddy. But I don't know. The, the Haunting series is just so, so, so like beautiful. It's like tragically beautiful. Anyway. Well, if it made you cry, it's probably going to make me cry. Absolutely. Oh, God. Buckets. I'm going to cry. Holy I'm a crier. Shit, Abby, you will absolutely lose your mind the second season. Because, it like, each season is a kind of, like, its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Openly weeping. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's very gay. Ooh. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my, the podcast I'm in, super gay. Also, oh my god, I forgot like the most important part. <laughs> oh my god, the most important thing Hello? about our podcast. Jeez, <laughs> it's Jeez. really freaking gay. Yep, <laughs> yep. There are fruits everywhere, mm-hmm. lots of them, <laughs> and it's magnificent. It is magnificent. It's magnificent gayness. Um, today I am going to be reading to the two of you from my favorite book to go to when we need something short to finish an episode, The Turnip Princess and Other Newly Discovered Fairy Tales by Franz Xaver von Schoenworth. Excellent. Because they're often very short and sometimes extremely nothing. And (laughs) (laughs) so you, I am going to give the two of you a choice of which one you would like to hear. Ooh, choose your own adventure. I love it. You may hear books. either The Turnip Princess, which is the titular <sighs> story of this oh. book. I'm already sold. Or <laughs> you may hear a story that I found just randomly <laughs> flipping through it that is somehow both very nothing and also very what the fuck. God, that's the one um, I want immediately. Gonna, see, I was sold on the turn up, but now I'm like, oh, wait, what? Uh, I want nothing okay. plus what the fuck. Okay, okay, well, here you go. I'm wait, sorry. Do you, do you want us to make predictions? <laughs> I do want you to make predictions. Okay. This story is called Don't Get Mad. <laughs> Don't get mad. What do you think okay. Don't Get Mad is about, kids? Somebody getting mad. <laughs> hmm. Uh, Kelsey, you want to do your predictions first and then we'll do angels? Yeah, do I need three or how many? You need, um, yeah, I'm going to say three. This story is about two and a half pages. Okay, somebody gets real mad. (laughs) It's my first prediction. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Uh, second prediction, I really don't know, so I'm going to say there's a toad. Okay. Excellent stuff. Those are always the best. Thirdly, I predict that it ends with somebody like saying that, and we're still waiting to see what happens today. And I'm sitting here on the stove. Like, you know, that's (laughs) perfect. I love that. 
That's excellent. That what the fuck ending. That's the best endings in any fairy tale. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Angel, what do you think happens in Don't Get Mad? Okay, I think there's a crime involved. I won't say what crime, but some sort of crime happens. Some kind of crime. Could be misdemeanor. It could be felony. You know, one of those. (laughs) Um, Point of clarification on that. (laughs) Yeah. When you say crime. Do you mean it would be considered a crime by our standards today, or oh, is point. it a crime according to medieval peasants in Austria? Oh man, um, I, I was—I guess picturing you way like, too specific. I was like, oh, I was just making sure it's like you know, don't steal a horse, don't bang a horse. You know, your common, <laughs> your common crime stuff. Um, <laughs> Matt, maybe that's too specific and probing a question. So I withdraw. Yeah, it's quit just, harassing it, our guest. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll stop. I'm like wherever they overlap. I guess <laughs> <clears throat> the ones that are the worst crimes. Um, maybe a, a curse is invoked. Okay. There's and a curse. There's a crime and curse. A crime and a witch. <laughs> yes. A curse, a crime, and a witch. I love it. Excellent. It could be a story of its own. That's. I want all of our predictions to come true into one story. <laughs> That's what I really want. Okay. Um. Here we go. A farmer had three sons. The eldest said to him, Father, I'd like to have my inheritance now so I can travel. The father gave his son the inheritance which was 100 guilders in all, and the son left home. A priest gave him a job as a farmhand. When the priest noticed that the boy had lots of money on him, he said, let's have a contest, and I'll stake as much money as you now have. Whoever loses his temper first also loses the bet. Nice. Well, you can imagine how this went, as there are three sons. (laughs) (laughs) The first son... Uh, agrees to the wager. He was supposed to go out and plow the priest's field, and the priest gave him two oxen to do the job. Uh, The oxen were so stupid and useless that he wasn't able to plow a single straight furrow. And so the boy began to swear up a blue streak. And the priest came running up and asked, have you lost your temper? And the boy (laughs) says, yes, of course I have. Who wouldn't be furious? (laughs) Well done, says the priest. Hand me your hand over your money. I love Abby said that with so much excitement. Like, <laughs> like use your temper. Are you mad? You got them in the act. You mad, bro? <laughs> you mad, bro? <laughs> That's a good title, right there. Yeah. You, you mad, mad, bro? bro? <laughs> uh, so the boy surrenders the money. And he goes home to his father empty-handed, and he tells his dad all about how he lost his inheritance. So now the second son also wants his inheritance in advance. His father gives him 100 guilders. He goes out. He works with the very same priest. He falls into the exact same trap. He turns his money over to the crafty priest and comes home. (sighs) Now, as you might imagine, there is the third son. Oh, the third he also youngest, wants his inheritance. <laughs> the youngest, best, clever son. Mm-hmm. This one's name is Hans. 
Oh, I love a Hans. Love a Hans. Love a love Hans, a Hans. Love an Ivan. Good stuff. <laughs> so Hans also wants his inheritance, and his father's like, You're not any smarter than either of your brothers. Like, just stay, just stay <laughs> wow. here. That's just stay rude. Here. That's Help. love. That's some love. That's it's tough love. That sounds, it's, the t- it's the tough love. Sounds like my mom. <laughs> I don't think you're going to do any better, hon. (laughs) Thanks, mom, for the support. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Hans does not care for his father's lack of support and is now even more determined to leave home. So he begs his father to give him the inheritance. His father surrenders, gives him 100 guilders, and Hans goes out into the world. Wouldn't you know it, he encounters the exact same priest and was hired as a farmhand. And then the priest makes him the exact same offer he had made the other two. And Hans asks if the priest is interested in quadrupling the wager. Ooh. After all, he has to win back what his brothers had lost. And uh, so the two agree to the contest with higher stakes. So the next day, Hans is given the same stupid oxen that his brothers were, but he lets the oxen do as they please and just kind of whistles cheerfully, walks behind the plow, zigzags all over the field. And when the priest goes outside and sees what's going on, he says, well, my boy, how do you feel about your team? Oh, these oxen have no idea what they're doing. So I'm just letting them do whatever they want. Does that make you mad? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's flipping it. I love that. Not at all, the priest lied. You can take their harnesses off now. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) It's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh The next day, Hans had to tend the cows. It was hot outside, and the animals were running in circles to avoid bee stings. A cattle dealer came along. Hans sold him all the cows except for the very weakest one, which he herded between two trees right next to each other in the woods. The weak cow got caught between the trees and couldn't move. Hans decided to lie down in the grass and he began whistling a jaunty tune. The <laughs> priest comes by and asks about his cows. Oh, they're all lost, Hans answered, except for that skinny one over there, which is stuck between the trees. Any chance you're annoyed? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know. I already lost. Wow. <laughs> Are you already How dare annoyed? You? How dare you, Hans? Angel, my guy, it gets so much worse. (laughs) At first, there was some respect. I used to have to mow the lawn as a kid as a chore. But here's the thing. My parents would use it as a punishment. So we do it incorrectly on purpose Uh because my dad would get pissed off. He's like, that's not how you do it. And then he'd do like the majority of it. I'm like, (laughs) I'm such a genius. Um, So mad respect for Hans at the beginning. But I was like, dang, that's... Selling all the cows. That's kind of jacked. Okay. Yeah, it's a little little fucked up. Um, also, as we enter the next part of the story, I am just going to give a light trigger warning for animal cruelty. Oh. Uh, in the rest of this story. So this is this is where this is where the part that's really just it genuinely some Hans starts doing some fucked up shit. God so damn it, Hans. If you if that's what not something that you can listen to gentle listeners. I, I would skip to the end of the episode. All right, (laughs) moving (laughs) on. (laughs) Okay. So the cows are all lost quote unquote. 
Uh, and Hans asks the priest, are you annoyed? And the priest said, not at all. I can always buy others. The priest was pretty sure that cows were not worth 400 guilders. On the third day, Hans was supposed to tend the pigs. He herded them over to a swampy spot. A hog dealer happened to be passing by, and Hans told him that the pigs were for sale, and a deal was struck. All he wanted was the tail of one of the animals. So the tail was duly struck off one of the animals, <gasps> and he stuck it in a, into a spot on the meadow and took a little nap. <laughs> The fuck? I know. Here we go. (laughs) When the priest came by to see how the pigs were faring, and he really honestly should have figured by now that something was going to happen to his animals. Mm -hmm. He found the farmhand fast asleep and the pigs had vanished. He demanded to know what had happened to his livestock. Rubbing the sleep from his eyes, Hans told him that the pigs had sunk down into the meadow and all that was left was the one tail sticking up in the air. He went over to the tail as if he was going to pull the pig up by it, but the tail stayed in his hand. Look, he said, the tail's already come off. The pigs must all be dead. Are you by any chance angry? (laughs) (laughs) Hans is a little sociopath. Mm -hmm. Not at all, the priest replied, and he scratched himself behind the ears. He had no idea what to do with Hans, who was doing his best to make him lose all his worldly goods. I'm going to add a further addendum, because I forgot about this part, uh, to my trigger warning. In addition to animal abuse, there is person abuse. Specifically, like, someone's about to get beat up real bad. I hope it's Hans. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, probably not, but... In the evening, the priest called the farmhand over. Hans, I'm going to have to put a watchman in the garden because some thieves have been sneaking into it at night. Can you stay in there tonight and make sure that nothing is taken? Here's a nice heavy stick. If the intruder doesn't speak up after three warnings, you can go ahead and beat him as hard as you can. If anything (laughs) is stolen, you lose our contest. That wasn't part of the deal, but... Yeah, amending amending the parts of the deal. At the same time, Hans has been selling all of his livestock. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think selling them is funny. I don't obviously not like maiming them for pigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but selling them is pretty funny. I I I feel like there's a very clear fix for this story because Hans is obviously supposed to be the protagonist. He's just not, you know, it's, it's a dark, it's a dark fair tale. Yeah. We're supposed to be rooting for him. (laughs) Austria. Damn Austria. (laughs) So Hans is guarding the garden. The clever priest sent his cook into the garden to fetch something for him. She tiptoed in, but Hans heard her anyway. He shouted, who's there three times in a row so quickly that the cook didn't have a chance to answer. The boy jumped up and beat her so badly she couldn't move an inch. (gasps) I know. Okay. Wow. First of all, the priest sent her in there like knowing. Okay. Both of these guys are bullshit. Like, wow. Wow, 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 wow. That's 
Dang. Although, let me chime in and say, that's assault and battery. What a crime. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, there have been several crimes so far. Like <laughs> this, I think the curse is the story itself. <laughs> the story is cursed. Yeah, and it's Honestly. it's not over, and it is it is getting. Oh worse. my god! Okay, so the boy jumps up, beats her so badly she couldn't move an inch. The priest heard the screaming and asked what was going on. I was just following your orders, Hans said. The cook was about to steal something and I beat her up so badly she's half dead. Are you upset with me? <gasps> Jeez. The priest did not reply and just walked the cook back to the house. Well, also, being concerned isn't like being concerned and like, yeah, you gotta go. That's that's not necessarily like losing your shit and getting upset or getting yeah. mad. That's just like common there's, fucking sense exactly like there's a difference between losing your temper over yeah. something inconvenient and like getting mad at someone for legitimate reasons yeah although Which, i mean the priest fucking did that on purpose and like knew yeah what he yeah. was doing no he sucks too a lot I hate um, this story. <laughs> yeah, I th- I told you that this story was both like very nothing and also what the what the fuck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> somebody gets real mad and it's me. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Don't get mad, Kelsey. <laughs> Don't. Get- These people need to run into the La Llorona, and then they'd be straightened yes! out quick. Oh. She needs to get in there and like fucking. Oh my god. She needs to get in here and fuck some guys up. Hmm. Okay, it's not over. It's close. But the, in my opinion, the worst is still to come. Oh, oh God. This, this, is, this, is much, this is much more the, the trigger warning bit for the dog stuff. Animal stuff. Oh. Dogs? <laughs> There's a dog. The dog. Oh, God. Does a dog die.com? Do I need to go? <laughs> do I need to log in and check the website? This story would not be favorably rated on the does the dog die.com. So just. Shh. Just brace yourselves. Okay. The next day was a holiday and many guests were expected at the priest's home. The cook was in bed recovering from her injuries and a new cook was not so easy to find. The priest told Hans to make a fire at the hearth and to cook up some kind of stew. And he mustn't forget to include potatoes and to throw parsley on top. Hans followed every order to the letter, and while the meat was cooking up in the pot, he took the priest's dog, whose name was Potatoes. <gasps> Potatoes! <laughs> That's the cutest Sorry. name for a dog! <laughs> you know I love the name Potatoes for a dog! <laughs> oh no, I hate this story! I almost and, don't want you to finish it! And his cat, whose no! name was... <laughs> Wow. Whose name was Parsley. No! Okay, that priest knew what was going on. Come on. And this put is the them worst both in the concoction. What's <laughs> so fucked up? What the fuck? The you priest could have easily kidding. wanted like a shrimp, I don't know, bisque, anything. Really, those are the two I those are the two ingredients <laughs> they selected. Come on. <sighs> Something, I don't know. Rabbit stew. Why would the why would you name your cat and dog potatoes and parsley and then tell a sociopath don't forget Someone to put who's potatoes clearly and parsley? A violent man. They're both like serial mm-hmm. killers. I'm pretty sure of it. 
And also the poor cook who's almost dead. I just. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Please the fix finish. for the Please story is that they story. kill each other. Um, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Please finish this story. I'm, I'm almost done. I swear. <laughs> The priest returned from church, looked around the kitchen, and then asked Hans whether he had been sure to include potatoes and parsley. (laughs) Wink. (laughs) Hans replied, oh, yes, for sure. But I had trouble catching parsley. (laughs) The priest nearly fainted. He He lifted the lid off the pot, and his faithful cat was right in there, baring its teeth at him. All that remained of his dog was a bushy tail. Oh, potatoes. <laughs> he didn't bother to prep them. Like, <laughs> parsley, parsley was all the spice he needed. I suppose. <laughs> so he saved the cat at least. Well, because he was just supposed to sprinkle parsley on top. Oh, my God. So fuck, fuck you. He Hans. cooked. He cooked. He cooked the potatoes and then put parsley on top. Fuck you, Hans. <laughs> what the fuck? The priest could no longer keep quiet, and he called Hans an idiot. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's it. An idiot. Oh wait, it gets worse. Uh, Are you angry by any chance? Hans asked calmly. How can I not be angry? I have nothing to serve my guests, the priest shouted. (gasps) Priorities. What a good host. Fuck everyone in this story except for the cook and parsley. And parsley. (laughs) How is this worse than La Llorona? (laughs) Like, these are two of the worst tales we've ever told it. On the same episode. Oh my god! I know, like, legitimately, I, I know that she drowned her children, but I feel like this is worse. <laughs> There's no variant where she drowns them in stew, though. I I'm pretty sure that variant does not exist. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, yeah. Anyway, so Hans won his bet. He took the priest's money and left him high and dry. No livestock, no money, no supper, no cook, and no pets. <laughs> no supper. <laughs> He raced back home and told everyone the story of his cleverness. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, yeah, that's why I don't read from that book very often. (laughs) This book is so. This book is so nothing and so like fucking crazy. I hated that. (laughs) Yeah, somebody does get real mad. It's me. Hmm. Um, I think the easy and easy fix for that one is just Hans and the priest right around the time that like Hans sells the pigs, um, get into a fist fight. Oh yeah. And they murder each other. And then Mm -hmm. because the priest doesn't have anybody to leave his little farm to, the cook inherits it along with potatoes and parsley. And they all live happily ever after. That or the dog like bites, like fucking kicks the shit out of Hans and oh, I like that too. And then the cook is all that's left. I don't know. I just hate it. I like that too. Angel got two points for a crime and a curse. <laughs> the stole the whole story is cursed. Oh my goodness! Great! Wow! 
Um, yeah, okay. I, I wasn't expecting that level of crime. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, trigger warnings were needed. I'm glad you said that. Just to brace and- yourself for it. Like... <laughs> I like how the appetite, the moose bouche was like uh, <laughs> a mother that drowns. Their, <laughs> their, yeah, their right. Children. Like, oh, don't worry, it gets worse. Welcome the to fairy tale fix horror story. <laughs> oh my god! I just, I knew I had to read that one at some point. <sighs> And I wanted to give you the option, but like I had to read that one at some point because while I was reading it, I was ju- I just kept saying, "What the fuck? What yeah, the no, fuck? What the is, fuck?" Like <laughs> that is exactly why we are here. I am so glad you read it. I mean, I hated it. Yeah, but geez, wow. Yeah. Okay. But well, I needed the two of you to know. I needed yeah. the two of you to be cursed with that story the way I was cursed <laughs> with that story. <laughs> that's our podcast (laughs) yeah angel do you do you want to tell the tell the folks where they can find you on the internets not thinking about this story attempting to scrub your brain oh my gosh i oh goodness uh well you can find our podcast under fantasticworldspod.com i'm on the social media uh Espinoza916 will usually find me, whether it's on Instagram or Twitter. And you know what? If you have some more Yorona stories and variants, absolutely send them my way. <laughs> if, like Kelsey, you're like, um, ¿Qué es esto? What is this? <laughs> Those stories are also uh, are welcome as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for listening to Fairy Tale Fix. If you enjoyed this awful, awful story, both of them, uh, you can subscribe <laughs> and leave us a review on Apple, or uh, you can leave us a rating on Spotify. Please if tell you us if you show. hated both of them. <laughs> no, like, I leave love- us a review referencing how much you hated that story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just be just be honest. That's all we ask. Um, and give us a little bit of a let us know. A little engagement. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at FairytaleFixPod. And you can also find us on Patreon where you get an episode, a bonus episode every other month. Um, the bonus episodes are always wacky. Angel knows he's a Patreon or a, pa- a patron of Patreon. I've got stickers like on everything in my little my little fairy tale fix stickers is like boop 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 <laughs> i love it um and also please email us all of your favorite fairy tales your favorite folklore favorite nursery rhymes and other such things all your la Llorona tales at info at fairytalefixpod.com i think for for my fix of the yorona you know the tale of the whipping woman who um, in a fit of jealousy, drowned her kids. My fix would be to have the kids have their own lore as well and kind of play keep away because the Yorona cannot enter heaven until she finds the souls of her children. But they're hiding on purpose as a final F you, you drowned us. That's my fix. <laughs> yes. I love it. 
<laughs> Excellent. And in the extremely cursed story of Don't Get Mad, both the priest and Hans get so mad so much more quickly with each other that they beat each other to death, leaving the cook and potatoes and parsley to inherit the entire farm. <laughs> and they all left. <laughs> oh my God, I'm sorry, Kelsey. <laughs> And they none of them lived a happily, happily ever, ever after, after the end. The end. <laughs>